You're listening to Smash the Bottom Line with Maddie Brown. Okay, I am really happy today to be able to share with you Melissa McFarland, who I have known for quite some time. And she is a colleague and a coach, and she does awesome things with creative individuals, helping them live in a left brain world and make money, which is what business is all about after all. So what I'm going to do is talk to Melissa about how she's been successful and what she's done in her business. And Melissa, how did you get started in business? Well, you know, they always say the things that have things that happen organically are really the best. There's, you know, some sort of uh, natural flow of, of um, events that when things flow naturally, uh, one perspective is it's because it's right. You know, this is this is happening, so it must be right. So, yeah. um, I started off my career early on um, as an actress out of Northwestern with a degree in theater, having been in London and all of that, and decided to come on out to L.A., was an actress here in Los Angeles for a while, and married, had married an actor. And what that meant was that nobody had two nickels to rub together from the beginning. (laughs) And I knew I wanted to have a family, right? You know, so I wanted a family, and I wanted to also make a bigger difference, which was a bit of a challenge in the acting world. You have to wait for the jobs to come, and depending on what kind of look you have, which, of course, is nothing you really choose in life, you are given certain roles that you can fill. And I happen to look like a very standard, you know, blonde thing. Beautiful. So beautiful. Well, thank you, Maddie. But really, truthfully, there are a dime a dozen of us out here. And many people are way more attractive than I am. But I, I had a brain that wasn't getting used the way I wanted it to be used uh, in acting. And some of the roles were awesome, but most of them weren't. And um, I had, I was lamenting to, I was helping a uh, woman and guy who were man and woman who they weren't a team but they were a team but they weren't a couple uh who were running they were one of the first coaches that 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 had ever been trained you know out in the world as life coaches and they were running a business for actors course and they had me in one of their classes and then they said you know you would be a phenomenal uh coach and I said oh god no I I don't want to coach anybody they said you're not I don't want to tell anyone what to do and they said oh you won't you won't be telling anyone what to do you you that's not what coaching is and so I leaned into it a little bit more as I started thinking about having a family and wanting to get out of the day job or you know waitressing racket and take a little more charge of how I could a have more control over a lot more money in a shorter period of time and B, how I could enjoy it more and use more of my brain. And I thought, well, maybe coaching would be a possibility. Let me see. I found out that, in fact, it wasn't about telling people what to do, but instead about a very particular type of dialogue with a client to help them reveal and understand what they really want to do and then help them to find the strength to do that and the resources to do that. So I got a little bit more involved, helped them out, filled up their programs with them, and then got certified through the Coaches Training Institute. I worked for about 12 years as a life coach, um, and I I, w- I had this wonderful experience of uh, connecting with, this might be a longer answer than you wanted, 
Is That's it a laundry you're, answer? You're, you're fine. <laughs> just, just okay. We're almost to the end here, though. So one of the, the best things about coaching, um, moving through that training, was that, yes, in fact, uh, in the early days, um, I could, you know, I had a little brand new baby. I could stay in my pajamas all day long, put the baby down for a nap, go run and do a, a coaching call on the phone, which was wonderful, not have to get out of my pajamas or put any makeup on, which was better than having to get ready for an audition and really get a sense that I'd been able to help someone move along. And uh, prior to that, and this is going to maybe figure in later because prior to that business, I had been developing a business called Speak for Yourself Enterprises, which was a business training professionals how to feel confident speaking either in a casual or a business interaction or actually professionally giving a presentation, how to structure that presentation, which I felt pretty qualified to do having been a performer. And that business was going well, but the the thing that was happening, and it was one of the things that helped me determine to become a life coach, is that my business clients required naturally some life coaching. They would set, they would need, the reason someone doesn't, isn't comfortable speaking is because something's going on internally for them. Uh, some of it is skill set, but mostly that. And so I realized, well, I need to, I, it would be really helpful because they would, they would stay because of the, informal life coaching that was happening rather than the professional coaching training around speaking once they got that. So I had, the reason I say it's important is because later we'll, we may talk about the creative as, as they build a business and both that business, Speak for Yourself Enterprises, which was that first one, I think I was 27 when I started that business and then my subsequent life coaching business really weren't businesses. They were freelance careers that I was calling a business. And a lot of creatives do that. They've got a talent and they develop it. But they, there's a big difference between a business and a freelance career. What so, is that? Explain, explain your perspective on that. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty much the primary cornerstone of the transformation that occurred for me and that we now teach. Um, I was mentioning, and I'll tell you what this, you know, what this is about. I was mentioning that, um, I had a very good career for about 12 years from the outside building as a life coach. I had clients that were really loyal. They would stick with me for two, three, seven years, whatever. I had corporate clients. I was coaching training, but I had no idea how to actually calculate, really go out after a client and close them. I I only knew oh it was just good it was damn good that I was good is what yeah. I would say I was what we call a I was in what we call a referral racket where we're very a lot of creatives are super proud of this you know I never need to market I just you know I get all my business through referrals but of course that's a real trap if you can't control the flow of your leads into the business which I had no idea how to do. Basically, I didn't know how to talk to clients so they would come in the door. I didn't know how to close them. I didn't know how to price my stuff so that it would actually sell properly and I wouldn't be exhausted at the end of it. And I had no idea how to keep nurturing clients once they had come in to buy more or to stay longer or whatever. So in the beginning, 
that business, I got on television uh, across the country several times being a coach. I was internationally speaking, but I still hadn't cracked that. I had not cracked that 100K mark, and I was really struggling um, personally and professionally. So I went off and I got trained in those skills. And here's, and you asked, what's the difference? You know, and I should say just that those of you who are in Maddie's coterie here, her, her, her base here, who are listening, who are creatives or who are freelancers, it's just so critical that we take a look at uh, these distinctions because when we do, we can massively increase our income. I quadrupled my income in a year and then I continued to double it. I, You can do that. You can change your own life, but also the amount of impact that you can have and the um, depth of expertise that you can develop because you now have the support and the time and all of that to do that is phenomenal. So, you know, if the reason you are doing the business is so that you can spread your talent far and wide, well, you really need to, to learn to run it like a business. So here's a difference, Maddie. Okay. Um, yeah. We have a list of what the land of creativity looks like and what the comparable land of commerce looks like. So we might put it that way. What's the difference between creativity and commerce? So in creativity, creatives tend to think of business, you know, they think of it as something that should support them. But in the land of commerce, normal business owners who actually have a business, not a freelance career, they tend to think of their business as something they need to support. So there's a mindset difference there. Mm-hmm. And then creatives really, they're all about their own independence and about being in the know. So they like to be out of the box. But I've learned, and I, I must have interviewed about 100 different hundred you know six-figure business owners who actually ran businesses, not you know high-functioning freelance careers, which is where I was that they don't try to be out of the box a whole lot. They stay inside the lines. Basically, they follow certain rules. And that was just shocking to me. Like, I really got that I was not following any rules but my own. And I I wanted to be out of the box because for a creative, that's how you get hired. If you're in the freelance world, you're dancing really hard and you're trying to be super unique so that everyone can say, well, that's the gal or the guy that we want to go with. But I learned that we don't need to be that unique. We just need to be really good and we need to be skilled at talking about how we provide things, not providing something different necessarily. So that out of the box versus inside the lines is another thing. Yeah, it's interesting. That's interesting because I frequently say that long-standing businesses are are in a way boring because they're repetitive, sec- successful activities, and you do them over and over and over again. And a lot of entrepreneurs just get a business going, and then because they're bored, they blow it up. <laughs> and 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 that's the the bottom line is they're bored and they don't want to do the repetitive tasks that that a lot of successful business owners yeah. have to do. 
which is a good reason to, by the way, I'll just put a pitch in here. Maddie is also our uh, uh, everything, our business manager, uh, basically manages our money and our bookkeeping and our taxes and our all of that. And uh, we love you, Maddie. And uh, that's a good reason to delegate to someone like you, <laughs> you know, get all that boring stuff that you can't sit still for rather than dumping the company over, like you said, blowing it up. Get that off your plate. Yes. So, yeah. 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 Get the totally. support that you need. We we live in a world where people think they need to do it themselves. And yeah, it's a it's an ego point, and also people are afraid to spend money. I mean, I'll, I'll say, Maddie, that the times I have gotten support are always the times when I have no money. Like I I I don't have any time, energy, or money. That's why I need support. So then I I have to take a risk then in that moment. You know, I have to really. And that tests one's belief in one's business or oneself. Do I really believe that the company can grow? It can be a thing, Um, you know, and finding collaborators and vendors who can work with you while you're growing and find creative ways to have, you know, to to get, allow you to get into the support. And we often, we often coach our clients too. Like if you're a business, if you provide a service, let's have you create a package that allows people to get in when they're terrified to start at all and that helps them get started. So super important. I, I deal with a lot yeah. of terrified people. I know, Maddie. People, people very frequently are terrified to look at their numbers and to really, really face the reality of what they're doing. And business, the the thing that I always talk, business is intended to make a profit. If you're not making a profit, then you need to adjust and refigure so that you can create something that sustains you. I think that's true. And you said something key there that we can't we can't reassess if we're not looking. Yes. And uh, sometimes when we look at it, we just see a big pile of string. You know, we if we don't have the knowledge base to look at it then we need someone else to help us look at it, whether it's financial or structure, business structure that you're using or whatever, um, the, the way you're talking, marketing, you know, the way you're talking about what you do, that, that having pr- people who know what they're looking at help you look at your business is critical. And there's so many free ways to do that in the beginning. Most anyone who provides those services will will give you a conversation and help you see what the string looks like and explain it to you so you can make a good decision about how to move forward with support. So, yeah, you, you, it, I think you've always been super comforting because, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you make, you always have additional things you're growing into. That's certainly true for us, as you know, in our business, we're always growing into the next level. And that means we have a new level of, of team that we're, we've brought on. Yeah. Well, yes, um, challenges and power. (laughs) Um, The interesting thing that I've noticed is the problems that you have when you're starting out and new and worried about spending money don't change as your business grows. Basically, you recreate them. The dollar signs just get larger. Oh, I think that's true, Maddie. I'm actually working on some of that right now actually changing the nature of how I approach things so that my, what the result is, isn't just a, you know, a a more exponential 
but equal ratio, you know, of profit to loss or whatever that, you know, more profit, more loss is still the same ratio. And so, yeah, looking at, okay, what is it that I'm doing or that we can do to change the way we create this in the first place? And that, that goes back to, to learning how to think to, and really that's, I would say that's a piece in a, a pretty critical piece in business. It's why I started with that articulation of the distinction between creativity and commerce is that it's so much in the, how you think about things. Um, your, the, the changes in, in your, well, your business and your capability, what, yeah, it all go to mindset and thinking, how you, you know, how you even think about something. Um, so yeah, mindset and, and yeah. the, your thought process. So, and I think your thought process changes when you get more people in the mix, you know, more language in the mix. Right. So, but I mean, it, mostly when, when I, I want to say this, that I have a huge amount, I know you do, you're terrific at this, huge amount of compassion for the solo entrepreneur or the small business owner who, who's truly entrepreneurial, um, as in has an idea, a service, a product that, that could change the world or that is really different, that is going to be used, not even different, just super useful. Um, because those people tend to get into business, we get into business for that result for that give and we don't and therefore we have made compromises we tolerate things we shouldn't tolerate um, in ourselves and in others and our prospects and in our vendors etc because the way to survive in that environment that as I would say the creative environment is is all about you know getting what you can and staying in the game but in the land of business it's totally different that the, you know, I remember having a conversation with um, all my Harvard educated brothers and sisters who had all been and sisters-in-law. They all literally went to Harvard for MBAs. And I think I was sitting in a hot tub with them. Uh, and my, you know, after husband and I were talking about this business I was growing and they said, well, what kind of capital do you have? And I said, well, what do you mean? And they said, well, where are you getting all the funding to start your business? <laughs> I said, well, I'm just doing it. I'm just running it. And they, they said, wait, you, like, how are you going to expand? How are you going to scale? You're not going to use your money for this, are you? <laughs> I was, I couldn't get my head around what the heck they were saying. Like, well, of course I'm using my money. What other money is there? And they said, well, of course you would never use your money. You don't even have a business unless you can prove to somebody else who has money that they should invest. And I was just stunned, like, uh, okay, well, I never thought of that. And to this day, we have not used any investor funding for our business, but it has changed the way I think about what I'm building. Am I building something that someone would buy or am I building something that I can leave? Am I building something that builds in my time, my energy, my resources, actually pays for that? Um, and I just didn't know how to think about that at all back when I was looking great on the outside, but not doing so well on the behind the scenes. Well, I have a lot of people who um, put up a very good front, um, but the bottom line is they would make more money working at McDonald's flipping hamburgers. Yeah. And that is not the purpose of business. And so many people 
don't pursue profit for the sake of art or the sake of spirit or the sake of um, appearances. And holding those appearances actually causes them to not be able to move forward. And yeah, and to not, not, build into spirit or build into impact. I mean, it's when you're, when you're starving and exhausted, it's really hard to do that. It's hard to make a difference. (laughs) Absolutely. You, you are absolutely correct. So talk to me about the, the people that you love to work with. What are, what are they, what are they doing in the world and how do you help them? Yeah. So, we always say that we have kind of a big hug of clientele that we work with that on the one end of that hug is that solo creative entrepreneur. Um, let's say the uh, writer who is writing screenplays or novels or whatever, who is needing to feed themselves until the screenplay hits um, or the designer, let's say the designer who, who is, you know, does gorgeous interior design, but, is still building her or his list to capture enough high-end design jobs to stay in the industry or something like that. So we have a lot of creatives that are like that and they, um, they don't, they tend to, as I said, be in that sort of dancing monkey um, freelance trap um, with that referral praying to God racket that they're in. So that, that client, we, we, but they, but I like to work with the creatives on that, all creatives. So I would say to you, my answer is we work with creatives. Anyone who would design themselves call themselves a creative. And so we, our little tagline is we help right brain thinkers make a left brain living. Um, so basically, um, those creatives have a very specific set of problems, whether they're at that one end of the hug that's solo or way up at the other end. I do a lot of work personally as a coach in as a kind of an executive coach, I guess you would say, with creative mavericks. So we'll say, let's say a cartoon syndicate will bring me in to work with their C-suite around the maverick issues that they've got, all these mavericks who are very creative and can't talk to somebody to get them to help on a project because they're so abrasive or whatever, or they're, they, they don't come in half the time, but when they come in, everybody is hanging on every word, you know, that's a maverick. And so I'll be brought in to help teams work with the mavericks and that kind of thing. So whether it's inside or not, we just, what we love is that personality who kind of gets in their own way, but has so much to give. I like working with those geniuses. I like working with people who, uh, and you know, it takes one to know one to know I am not a genius, but I have a brain that gets in my way or has gotten in my way. I had to learn to harness her and, and to think differently. And as I did that, everything in my life changed. You know, a lot of creatives have really messy personal lives or they don't have personal lives because they just focus on their work. Uh, or they don't have, they have a string of careers because they can't stay and work with people. So they have relationship issues or financial issues or um, internal uh, happiness issues. They have a hard time enjoying what they do because they've got such a high bar for themselves. So I just like working with that person because there's another way. And I guess I 
feel like that's a way to contribute to human evolution is to have those smart thinkers, those, because they tend to be, they tend to have really great, um, ahead of the game ideas if they can settle down and share them, but they have a hard time sharing those ideas or those skills in a way that, that actually allows them to put food on their family's table or let the client find them and that sort of thing. So that's a little niche arena that we just love is to work with those people who basically really got a lot going on that's great, but can't seem to get it to market. And we like, we like explaining things to those clients because they need to understand from a different viewpoint. We find that those people have tried business coaches that are standard and they, and those coaches, A, here's a good example, Maddie. A creative cannot do one thing at a time. Like there's no such thing as there's another business coach out in the world that I know who's awesome, very talented. And she says to people all the time, you need to pick a horse and ride it. And while that is very true, you can't tell a creative that they have to put down all their creative babies. They, they can't. It's like being a parent to a bunch of children you just left in another room while you drove over to the store. Like you can't. So you have to help a creative to know how to prioritize those children of all those ideas they have and how to put them on a shelf that they can see without engaging with them for a while. And that's a, just a specific dialogue that, that a lot of business coaches don't have the patience for. I have a lot of business coaches who say, how can you work with those people, air quotes, those people? But, you know, and they say, you can never make any money off those clients. And I'm like, well, those clients are making a lot of money and they've got more degrees than you have. That's another thing. Our, our clients are usually double or triple degreed. They have like, they're massive, they're smart. You know, they just aren't smart about how to support themselves. Yeah. So that's, that's who we like to work with. That is awesome. And what, talk to, where would someone get a hold of you if they were looking to talk to you further? Yeah, that's easy. We are, we are at creative-successful-entrepreneurs.com, but you can just look up creative successful entrepreneurs, Melissa McFarlane, and you'll see us pop up. You can search for our big event every year, playbigevent.com, playbigevent. Um, where, where, yeah. where is that event? Well, usually in the Los Angeles area. Uh, we may move it this year, but this coming year, 2019, it'll be in, uh, in March, uh, in the Los Angeles area. So, and they can always call me or, or text me directly. It's not a big issue. They can connect with us at 323-697. 0165. It's fine with us. Um, so that's a really sweet thing to say or to what, ask. Thank you, Maddie. What, um, if you were, if you were having coffee with someone and, and you had one key thing that you said thought fueled your success, what would you say that is? Yeah. Uh, I would say that, um, this disease called improperly placed patients. We notice that every client that has come to us, myself included, we start with ourselves, is patient in areas where they should not be patient and impatient in areas where they should be. So 
so as we started the call today, Maddie, you know, talking about that minutia that needs to get done, that repetitiveness that comes down in a business, that clients, you know, in order to build something sustainable and in order to allow yourself to really never have to choose between creativity and profit, you know, to get to have a life that is both creative and abundant and finan- and wealthy, you have to learn how your patience is um, effed up. You know how you don't have the right relationship with patience. So we want to kill and and stop being so patient about the mindset. It'll happen. For example, no, it won't. You're just going to get the same thing you're getting here, but just a little bit bigger. So, and in any change I've made, even the changes I've made with you, Maddie, have been because I've said I'm not going to be patient with this anymore. I need to skin this cat a different way. So, or I'm patient with my own course. You know, I'm not patient with it anymore. Like, who do I need to get help from? And what am I, how many more clients am I going to need to get in the door in order to pay for that help? Or, you know, I'm patient with my courage factor. I need to stop being patient with the amount of courage I have, for example. Like, let's get out there and rip that Band-Aid off. 20 seconds of courage is worth way more than 20 years of strength and courage, which is just awful. Stop being courageous for 20 years about your horrible bean-eating life. Instead, no, or whatever, even if you're not eating beans, if you're at the top of my spectrum, you know, making 250000 a year with no life partner, nothing to show for it but your work. Well, you're too patient, patient with that. So I think that's a, a, a signature conversation that I have with clients and that we have over here at CSE is let's wake up and develop patience around the things we we need to have patience around, focusing, uh, addressing, building the structure in the beginning, uh, not saying being patient about, you know, uh, dead zones where no clients are in front of us so that we can get the client. I just right before I got on this call, Maddie, I had this is exactly it. I have a client who literally lost her job. She um, she she is she needs to. She thinks she needs to take any client possible, right, that would come to the door because she doesn't have any, she was in a job, a hybrid job and business build. And so that job went away, thank goodness. And she was terrified that she needed to replace that income right away. But we coached with her, did a lot of work around her marketing funnels and where she was getting the right kind of client to come in. She wanted to go out and, and spend a week doing the wrong kind of marketing, you know, anybody that was right in front of her. And instead, we had her have a couple of key conversations that basically what resulted out of that was a lot less time, a lot more joy and, and value being given, driven into those prospects, the right prospect. And what she just, right before I got on this call, she texted and said, I just booked a six, six um, month client at five times what the last one was. Wow. So th- that's that improperly paced, placed patience. If if she hadn't been willing to place her patience around getting the right client, and it's scary, right? Then she would have filled up all her time and her energy with the wrong kind of client nurture and client attraction. And then oh, she's, you know, dealing with all those exhausting clients that are not really ready for her. So it was a really big win. And, and that's what I need. That, that that is a key signature encouragement that we go after is to help people look at where am I too patient and where am I not patient enough? 
That's interesting because I spent 20 years working for the state of Iowa. And a good part of that time, I said I wanted to have my own CPA firm. And when I when I got old enough to retire, I was going to have my own business. <laughs> I said that over and over and over again, and I was way too patient. Because when I finally oh, left my job and got my own CPA firm, I've never been happier in my life. Yes. Right. Right. And look at who you're helping, Maddie. I mean, I'm sure it feels much more tangibly, um, you know, uh, um, satisfying to you than, oh, than yeah. maybe working for the city of the state of Iowa. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, it is it has been a wild ride, but I we focus on those creative people and those solo entrepreneurs and those people that are trying to make a difference in the world. And I, I guess I kind of figure that that's how I make a difference in the world. Yeah, yeah I get it. Me too. Me too. Well, and, you know, I know some of your clients and how you've helped them, and you certainly helped us. Um, you know, I think a, a thing in creatives are so um, independent in one way. They're usually fairly dependent, actually, on you know, whatever's in front of them because they, they haven't developed a structure, but inside they are, their instinct is independence, like very independent. And so that's very hard for a client, like a person like that to ask for help. It took me forever to ask for help and to admit that I needed it until I was in a real hole, like a huge hole. And so then of course it took longer to get out of it. There's still some things we're, we're getting out of that I, you know, created in the first 12 years of my business. And in my first marriage. <laughs> so, you know, that, that I'm still unraveling because I was too patient, um, and not impatient enough around other things that I was tolerating. So, um, I think that compassion is really key for you and I. I know you've been extremely compassionate and supportive and it's allowed us to just really blossom in that non-judgment space because a creative will typically wait too long to get the help they need. Um, and then they will not necessarily hear the help they need or stick with the support they have because they are so independent. And so they really need, I guess that's a, another thing to say to any creatives that are listening is just take a look and see what kind of pro you need to eat. Like, do you need to swallow hard and say, Hey, I'm awesome. My talent is awesome, but I, I don't know how to build. You know, I, I need help in that. I might be a genius at something, but I, I'm not a genius at that. And that's okay. Like, let's just get on it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. It is, it is a key to success. Most, most, well, basically all professional athletes have coaches. They have help. They have support. Yeah. And they are not successful without those things. So, you know what? Yes, yes. And you know, it, it just occurred to me, Maddie, that, that I was thinking like, what did I have to have in order for me to write myself and write so many others now, help them to write themselves? Um, before anything else, I had to have like that, that combo between an idea and belief. Because before and either, like I had, I remember, I remember sitting there thinking, well, if that person can do it, so can I. I don't know how. Like I have no idea how. 
but golly, if they can do it. And so, you know, I think that belief, that idea, I'd like to have, name it, you know, and name, we always tell our clients to name their goals. And then after they get comfortable in the room with them for about five or 10 minutes, we say, great, now let's double them just so that they get used to that. Like, oh, I didn't even ask for more in any of these, whether it's money or time or so I think, but, but so first you have to see it, then you have to believe it. You have to be willing to believe in it. So I, I think that that's, that's key to, because otherwise you don't hire anyone. You don't get any help. You don't stay with your help. You don't stick with the protocols, nothing. If you don't have that belief and you don't have that image of what you'd rather have in your life. So that's courage. You have to have the courage to do that first. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Melissa, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. And as always, I, I learn from you and patience. I will, I will never look at patience again in exactly <laughs> the same way. So that yeah. is, that is an awesome result here and I appreciate it. And oh, Maddie, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I just want to shout out for you because you have just really made a huge difference in our, in our company. And we really just thank you. Well, so it's a pleasure to hop on the call with you. Yeah. Thank you, and thank you for taking the time. I appreciate oh, it. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, good luck to everybody listening and to you, Maddie. Okay, thank you. Smash the Bottom Line is sponsored by Smashing Numbers. Discover how to get your accounting in order, escape the cash flow trap, and finally enjoy a profitable business. Find out how at smashingnumbers.com.